once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. We are here today with the illustrious Michael Sweet, and he's going to talk to us about some of his projects, some things in the biz, all sorts of fun stuff. So first, I just want to say thank you for being here with us today. Well, thank you very much. I've never been referred to as illustrious, but I'll take it. (laughs) Hey, as a childhood fan, you are illustrious to me. So... (laughs) Well, I'm, def- I'm definitely an aging illustrious, if I am illustrious. I, I'm, getting, I'm getting up there in age, but you know what? I'm enjoying every minute of the ride. It's great. So, Michael, for, for first thing, can you kind of talk about your new project that you have with uh, Tracy Guns? Like, it's, it's a bit of a different thing for you, but can you kind of go over that for briefly? Sure. Uh, basically, a few years back, or close to a few years back, uh, Tracy sent me a song and this is after we had developed a somewhat of a relationship and I had met them and, and gone out to an LA gun show with Lisa and started developing a relationship with him. I really like Tracy a lot. We've become friends. I hope he likes me as well. And um, he sent me a song and he, he said, what do you think? And I said, yeah, really cool, man. And he goes, you want to sing it? And I said, uh, sure. Yeah, that'd be great. And I was actually in Michael's. Uh, in one of the Michael's chain stores. And um, oh. it, it, he said, I said, sure. And I didn't know that he actually meant the entire album. <laughs> That's awesome. So I just got one song and, and it wound up turning into me singing the whole album, which, which is even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it took a little while to kind of uh, confirm everything based on I wasn't writing the lyrics or the music. So when I got the first lyric, it was a song called Witches. Mm. And I read it. I was in bed with my wife uh, having a cup of coffee, and it was about burning witches. And I, I thought somebody, I thought it was April Fool's. I had to check the calendar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, guys, I, I'm not singing this. I can't sing this. I, I can't alienate my fan base. So mm-hmm. it, took, it took quite a while to figure that out and to have all the lyrics rewritten. Yeah. And once the lyrics were rewritten and then I approved them and I felt comfortable singing them, I started singing vocals and then I turned the vocals in just, uh, you know, maybe three or four months ago, not that far back. Nice. And you guys are releasing what date? I believe it's May 14th. May 14th. Cool. Um, Now, do you think that the, just before we get on to the next thing, do you think that this is going to be more do you think striper fans are actually going to be into this or do you think it's going to be more a different type of crowd well you know i don't know why striper fans would not be into it there you know tracy's a a legendary guitar player it's got elements of striper meaning that style Mm -hmm. you know um and and i'm singing yep so i tried to sing i tried to sing it a little different with a little more grit and a little different style but I would think that Striper fans would really like it and, and like the music and like the performances because it's a, it's a really cool album. Yeah, totally. 
Um, okay, so now next, one last part, just on the album part. So you said that you had to get all the lyrics rewritten for the album, or just some of them? Uh, well, I should I should probably restate that uh, most of them. Cool. Okay. Most of them. I think there were just a few that didn't need uh, complete rewrites, just tweaks here and there. But for the most part, they they all needed to be rewritten. Fair. Okay. So you're not, so you're not the primary songwriter in any way, shape or form on this. It's mainly just Tracy then, right? Well, Tracy wrote the music and then uh, everything else was collaborated upon uh, in terms of, you know, kind of piecing things together, the melodies, the lyrics. I was, a, I was a part of that. So the okay. way everything, everything was just split up four ways. Cool. Okay. Just wanted to so, clarify so, that. So I am I am a writer on the stuff, but I mean I didn't write the songs like I normally do hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to clarify what you, what were you what you meant on that one. Yep. Okay, so now switching over. Now I wanted to go. We wanted to get into social media for a little bit. So, can you kind of go over how you are always able to come up with engaging content? Like you're always on Blabbermouth. You know, people are always picking you up for like press wise. And I mean, you've been you've been in the game for a long time. It's not usual for someone that's been around as as long as you have to constantly be able to stay in the news each press cycle. How do you do that? How do you manage to keep that going? Well, I think there's a number. That's a that's a, a multiple answer question. Fair, fair, <laughs> fair. Um, the first one being, I love, I love the fans. And I take the time to show the fans my love and adoration for them. Yep. I mean, a that lot is- of a lot of other artists literally have someone, a secretary handling their social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't even they don't even do their own social media. And what you see is what you get with me. I handle every post on my Instagram, on my Twitter, and on my Facebook, there are a few posts. Like when I give the label access, they'll go in and put up some posts. You can usually tell the difference between what's coming from me and what's not. Yep. But I'm very engaged with the fans because I care deeply for the fans. Awesome. That's definitely a common thread we've seen with more like successful modern bands is they, they break down that wall that a lot of, of bands used to have between themselves and the fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I I live by that old saying, you know, um, actions speak louder than words. You know, you can say all you want. I love the fans. I love the fans. But if you're not on, you know, engaging the fans and making them a part of your world, then how much do you really care for them? 100%. That's just, that's just, that's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I know you're definitely not wrong. (laughs) Yep. It's a fair opinion. And, uh, and then the other answer to that is I am a unique guy. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, I'm very passionate about issues at hand, but I also have a really uh, deep sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And I'm a clown. I'm a class clown. Mm -hmm. I'm that guy that's always making everybody laugh on the bus or at least trying to. Mm -hmm. And but at the same time, I'm very passionate about serious issues at hand and I'm a deep person. 
And I think with that combination, the things that I post, it makes people laugh and makes people go, what the hell did he just post? <laughs> and, and then it gets picked up by blabbermouth, mm-hmm. you know, um, and sometimes, you know, misinterpreted and the, that clickbait kind of mentality over there. But, you know, I'm just grateful that people want to hear from me, even if it's once a year. Um, thank God it's a little bit more than that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, so now, do you kind of like, do you ever like kind of do anything where it's like, I wonder if this will get picked up intentionally ever? Because I mean, sometimes it almost seems like you got like a plan on how to get noticed. Not really. That- <laughs> not yeah. not really. I mean, I will, I will, when there's a project coming out, I will definitely uh, post stuff. Yeah that engages people cool so there's there's a plan there to like you know get the word out or whatnot but i mean whatever comes out of my mouth or my fingers um is just who i am if you lived with me on a daily basis you would see that fair and and it's just that it just so happens that it it, some of what i say or maybe a lot of what i say makes people go what yeah (laughs) (laughs) and but that's me Fair. That's, that's my that's my personality. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. Mm-hmm. So no, so 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 there is a plan, but there isn't a plan. It's 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 kind of on a whim, is what you're saying. I mean, the plan is you're you're getting my personality. I'm not sitting down thinking, okay, so what can I say and how yeah. should I say it so it creates controversy and I get put on blabbermouth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I ne- I never that thought never goes through my mind. Fair. No, and that's probably why you get such a good response from your fans is because even when it's like what it's you're still really genuine and it's very apparent that it's not staged if that makes sense well i mean i just i i made it a point you know maybe 10 or 11 years ago when when my wife died uh from that day forward love it or hate it to be 100 percent real Mm-hmm. So in other words, if I'm in a restaurant, someone comes up to me and I have a, a drink, a bourbon, and someone says, hey, what are you drinking? I'm not going to tell them I'm drinking root beer mm-hmm. because I don't want to offend them. I'm going to say I'm, I'm enjoying a glass of bourbon. And if that offends them, so be it. I don't yeah. want to I, I don't want to uh, live a facade. I want the curtain to come down and I want people to to know who I am 100% and get the real Michael sweet and, and love it or hate it. When I go to my grave, at least people will say, well, he was real. Yep. 100%. As an I, aside. I, I try, I really try. And I've met too many people in this business, whether it's the Christian music industry or the mainstream music industry. I've met too many people where you see one thing in an interview and then you meet him backstage and it's an entirely different situation. Yeah. And you're just kind of going, where's the real person? I want to meet him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and, and you get what you get with Michael Sweet online, in person, it, it, love it or hate it. Yep. 100%. So, Michael, uh, we want to go on to the next question. So we've only got like a limited amount of time. Um, we want to talk about management. So I'm going to let Corey take over on this because this is sure. her area. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if it's fully my area yet because I'm, I'm just getting started in management myself. 
And um, from somebody who's been in the business as long as you have and has worked with as many people as you have, I'm just really curious what kind of red flags you think bands should be looking out for when they're either approached by a manager or starting to approach managers um, as they grow? Well, I think, you know, nine times out of 10, maybe not quite nine times out of 10, maybe seven out of 10. Uh, it's usually money driven. I think you need to try to have a good sense and feel for that when someone's trying to just use your name and or likeness to make a buck. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you get that sense, I say run as fast as you can. You want to you want to work with people that have a vision for you and believe in you as a person, and on the side want to maybe make a little money and get paid for doing that. Yep. But that's yeah. not the that's not the driving force. And I'm pretty good at, at being able to figure out, you know, who's who's in it for the money and who's not. And thank God, my wife Lisa co-manages us along with my dear friend Dave Rose. And mm-hmm. I've got two people that are working together. Dave excels in one area, Lisa excels in another, and they work together and it's a great team. And we have the best management in the world, you know? It sounds like a wonderful relationship. And it's, it's always good when you have those kind of people who are, who are very invested in who you are and what you want to accomplish. And everybody's on the same page with their goals and everything. Cause that's another thing that we've kind of talked about is management, not sharing the same vision or the same goals um yeah yeah because you you have the best management in the world what are the things that you love the most about your management team other than you know being married to one of them (laughs) well i i think that what i love the most is they always have our best interest in mind and and that shows Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times management we've worked with managers we were with gold mountain uh, entertainment. They, and at the time, they were the biggest management company, one of the biggest in the world. They they were managing Nirvana and Bonnie Ray and yep. a number of other huge bands. And it almost felt like they were the, they were the artist. In other words, they they were the rock stars. They they were the they were the ones that had the the egos, and they were the ones that wanted to be mm. catered to. And that's at least how mm. it felt to me. It felt reversed. Mm-hmm. and you never want to work with a management company that makes you feel like that we did again uh with union uh back in 2010 you know it it, it kind of felt like that again where they were they were sitting on the for lack of a better way of putting it sitting on the throne they were calling on the shots they were in charge and <clears throat> that should never feel that way the band should always be the ones that are in charge because they're they're the ones that are creating the music and have the vision and the passion for that. And the manager should just kind of follow that lead and help guide them to do the right thing and be good with their money and good stewards and all that, but not run the show and, and do so with an attitude. And I think you, you need to stay clear of management companies like that. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, mm-hmm. I definitely try to instill a lot of that and well, all of that in what I do with my guys too. Yep. Um, so yeah, at great. least I know I'm on the right track. That's, <laughs> that's what you want to do. Always, always do it. You know, you want to make suggestions and everything, but it's how you do so. And, you know, oh, at, the yeah, end of the day, at the end of the day, if they feel really strongly about doing something, you kind of have to say, well, okay, I don't necessarily agree with that, 
but since you guys all feel so strongly about it and I'm outvoted, let's do mm. it. I mean, it, it's kind of their project, you know? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. And I mean, there's at the end of the day, you can always try something. And if it doesn't work, we learn. Exactly. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, bands need to listen to management a little bit more. I, I've learned that over the years. You know, when they're telling you, hey, you need to do three shows instead of two, because if you only do two shows on this fly run on this weekend warrior thing, you're going to lose $3,000. But if you add that third show, you're going to make $3,000. You'll be, you know, you'll mm -hmm. be in the black and black instead of the red. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to have people that you really that share the same passion for the music that the band is creating. It's right. almost like an extent, not necessarily part of the band, but an extension of that, you know, that passion. They're equally as invested in the success of the band rather than the success of themselves. Totally. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times management, from what I've seen, it, it, it almost feels like they think often that they're in control and they're at the top of the food chain when in the reality it's a team mm -hmm. you know everybody has their own role and everybody needs to work together to make that team win and sometimes managers don't think that way at least some of the management companies i've worked with the really big ones you know and mm -hmm. it's it's i've seen i've seen it all over the years so right now we're very happy with uh, management that we have in place and we couldn't be more thrilled. Oh, well, and it's cool. great that you have that solid, solid team. And I know we're starting to get to crunch time. So I'm going to switch topics on you one more time. So, but first, no thank problem. you for all of that. That was amazing insight, especially for a newbie like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think to if you're as you. a newbie, if you, here's the deal as a newbie, mm -hmm. If you're smart, which you are, you sound very smart. That's okay. number one. And number two, if you have integrity, if you do things in an honorable way, you're going to be fine. Oh, well, I'll definitely yep. do my best on everything. So it's, it's like I always say, I don't always know what I'm doing, but I always do my best. So, yep. and that's, that's, <laughs> that's all you could do. And that's, that's it right there. That's everything. And you do so with honor and integrity and yep. on the up and up, you're fine. You're exactly. going to be a great manager. Well, thank you. I have Michael Sweet's vote of confidence, so my day is good now. <laughs> she, she is now posting this as a testimonial on social media. <laughs> so, yeah, please. Uh, well, thank you. Um, but so to switch gears, I wanted to talk about your Patreon a bit. I've seen some bands be really, really successful um, with their different Patreon levels and getting fans really invested. Um, and I just was curious, what kind of things seem to really work for you? with Patreon, because I've also seen some bands fall flat with it. Right. Well, it's all I'm learning. We're all learning as we go that it's all about engagement and, uh, you know, engaging the fans. The fans just want to hang out with you and they want to they want to talk to you. That's that means more to me than, you know, sending them a free T-shirt or sending them a free poster or what have you uh, is your time. And we're learning that about Patreon and we're, we're doing a lot of things. We're going to actually start. Uh, adding more content, things like more listening parties and uh, songs before other people hear them and, and things like that. That's what really engages the fans. And so far, the, our Patreon page has been doing fantastic. It's the slow builder, but I think that's the case for everybody. And uh, we're doing really well and people seem to be really loving it. 
Yeah. And that just that fan engagement that you can get. Um, I've seen some where they, it's like, you know, a certain level will add you as a friend on Facebook. And that's like their most popular level because they do fans or not bands fans really want that engagement with the bands and breaking down that wall even more is so beneficial to just everybody. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, if we were to have like pizza night on Patreon, it'd probably be the most successful thing because just hanging out, talking to us and we're all eating pizza and like, Hey, how did you get that tone on loud and clear? And then I'm, I'm taking a bite of pizza going, well, you know, I plugged into a rock band, into a Marshall and, and then everyone comments like, yeah, Oh, cool. You know, it's just, just hanging out and talking. That's the fun part. Exactly. And I mean, and it's, like I said, it's just beneficial to everybody because it really, it makes the whole scene stronger when the fans are emotionally invested in the music and they can right. be when that wall is broken. Exactly. And we were just on a, on a, on the same level when they know that we're people and regular folks like themselves. And, you know, we have so much in common we're not these guys on pedestals who are above everybody. Yes. We're just regular definitely. folks. And it, when they realize that, it's really cool. Yes, it, it definitely is. It's wonderful to watch, especially when a smaller band starts to get bigger and how emotionally invested the fans become and just this community that is created. Exactly. I love it. That's right. <laughs> yep. All right. And I think we're down to like our last eight-ish minutes now. So just one more thing I wanted to touch on. Um, so you've done a bunch of collaborations. Uh, you've collaborated with George Lynch, Tracy Guns, and um, I know that you know another other bands are going to be curious about this. How do you find your collaborators, and are there any do's or don'ts they should be aware of before reaching out to somebody? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I have been approached by many people over the years, and I've gotten red flags, and I haven't done those projects. What kind whether, of red flags? Whether- whether it's a chemistry or whether it's mm-hmm. I hear the music and I don't care for it or I read the lyrics like witches and I don't like it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, I can't sing this. But see, with that project, what might have happened in the past is had I said, hey, I don't like these lyrics. And then they would have said, OK, well, we'll have to find another guy because we're not changing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that stuff happens. Thank God everybody was willing to change the lyrics to accommodate my personal uh, passion and, and convictions and whatnot. So it worked out. But, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've definitely passed on many projects over the years. And uh, it just, I'll do a project if I feel really comfortable doing it, if I have the time to do it, and if it feels right. And I, the Tracy Guns project just felt right. I like Tracy. Uh, he and I have been uh, hanging out and talking a lot. Uh, I like the music. When I heard it, I'm like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. This is a little different. I like it. And everything worked out. Same thing with George Lynch. George has always been one of my favorite players. And when I was approached by Frontiers to do a project that was kind of Dawkins-ish, they mm-hmm. had suggest they had suggested John Levin, who plays in Dawkins now. And I said, well, why don't you get the real guy, the, <laughs> the original guy, George? And Serafino said, yeah, do you know George? And I said, yeah, I'm buddies with him. So I reached out. And George said, let's do it. And it just worked out. So to and me, that's, that's always that's always a sign that it's going to be good is when everything works out so perfectly. And I've mm-hmm. got many other projects on the on the books as well. I'm doing this thing with Joe Holkstra. 
Nathan James, Tommy Aldridge, and Marco Marcello. Uh, I've got another Sweet Lynch album I'm doing. I got a solo metal album I'm doing. There's a lot of projects going on. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said illustrious at the beginning. <laughs> well, it's it's crazy. I I look at the calendar and I and I start to hyperventilate because I think, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Because I'm Mr. OCD and ADHD and all this stuff. So I really hyper-focus and, and perf- try to perfect every project. So when I see six projects on the books, yeah, I, I start thinking beyond the one project I'm involved in right now, and it starts to become a little overwhelming, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just thankful to all the haters on Blabbermouth and these other places <laughs> that say, Michael Sweet sucks and, uh, you know, he doesn't amount to anything. And, you know, he's lucky to pull 10 people in a club. (laughs) You know, all these all these projects really annihilate those words. Yep. And Mm -hmm. and, and at the end of the day, I don't have to say anything Mm -hmm. because there's there. Those are my words right there. Like, well, okay. while you're sitting wherever bashing me, I'm, I'm doing things and uh, making the most out of my life. And I'm very happy doing that. So what are you going to say to that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're out there engaging with your friend, your fans, creating that community. <laughs> and I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't say that ever with an ego because mm-hmm. you know i could i could wake up tomorrow and it could all be gone and i don't have any projects or i can't perform anymore so i never ever want to take that for granted and i always want to remain humble and i am and i try to be but it, you know it's just interesting how we live in a world where so many other people seem to want to attack that you know with yeah. people's success yeah yeah it, it is an interesting dynamic anymore that it's when people are successful others just go after it yeah it's very, a bit heartbreaking very strange and i find myself you know taking part in that sometimes too when i you know i was asked about the last van halen album did you do you like it and i said well no not really i like the old albums and I'm, and then as i thought about my words i thought well who cares if i like it or not they did it yeah and it was successful and they're van halen so so shut up, Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it yep. doesn't matter what I think. My opinion really doesn't matter. Fair enough. Yeah. So I think we've pretty much run out of time, Michael. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to say? Well, I mean, I, I appreciate you guys spending some time with me today. And if it wasn't for people like yourself, I, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this. So thank you. Uh, there's a lot coming. in in the next few years so much and i'm really excited about this one project i'm working on right now i keep calling it an inspirational album Mm. uh but it's i think every album i do is inspirational in terms of the lyrics and the message but this one's really special uh it's very unique it has its own unique signature unlike anything that i've ever done before and i can't wait for people to hear it Mm -hmm. uh so, so i'm finalizing vocals on that over the next week week and a half and uh you know i'm just i'm just enjoying the ride i'm on a crazy ride and it's it's going up you know and and i'm so thrilled that here i am 50 almost 58 years old and i feel like an 18 year old it's awesome 
That's awesome. That is amazing. Yes. Alrighty then. So party on Corey. Party on Curtis. Party on Michael. Yes, I will party on with my cup of coffee and I'm going to go yeah. get another. My kind of party. I got a meeting and then I'm <laughs> going to start singing and I appreciate you guys taking your, your time out of your day to talk to me. Oh, we're Thank very, very grateful much. that you came and joined us on the show. My apologies. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.